You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Joining us now uh, here at the table, uh, Steve Palazzolo and, uh, in, from uh, Pro Football Focus, uh, their senior analyst there. And uh, first of all, thanks for coming back because uh, we've had a lot of your guys on. Uh, you've been with us the last couple of years. How you been? Doing great. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, how... Uh, how is this for you guys? Because is it the beginning of the season that you guys see the influx, or as we get to this big game, you guys start to see the influx? Yeah, it's pretty cons- early in the season. Everybody's excited. I mean, right. every, every team has a lot of confidence that it's sure. going to be their year. But uh, yeah, it's pretty consistent. It's a 365 day business for us at PFF. That's all we do is football. So it's just another day for us. Yeah, um, we, we've had some of your analysts on and guys that have covered quarterbacks, guys that have covered lines. So I, I wanted to ask you specifically, uh, this year the Packers upgraded defensively speaking with Zedarius and Preston Smith, uh, obviously the addition of Adrian Amos. So they got better, but they didn't spend a ton of money to get better instead of buying one guy like Khalil Mack, which I wanted them to do two years ago. It turns out that they actually spread the money around and they had the wealth. Um, how far away analytically is this defense to going from, because they were top eight in scoring, but are they're not elite? What makes a defense elite? Uh, honestly, and a lot of the guys that were on here may have even cited some of this. A lot of it depends on who you play. You know, when you come out week one and you face a Mitch Trubisky who can't hit a throw, defense looks really good. So right. I think a lot of it is, uh, you know, your schedule, the quarterbacks you go up against. I think for defense in today's NFL, it's tough to. It's easier to f- have faith in your offense than it is to have faith in your defense because sometimes you're just at the mercy of a Patrick Mahomes or a great player. So the Packers did a really good job of taking steps toward having that defense that in any given week can put it together. That's what they did. Now it's just a matter of doing that a little bit more consistently, more consistent coverage on the back end, more consistent pass rush. And, and I thought they took a step in the right direction to do that. That was going to be my next question. When you say more consistent uh, in the back end, uh, I thought their tandem of Kevin King and and uh, Jair Alexander really kind of elevated this year. They started to take that next step. Did you guys see the same thing? Yeah, and I thought I think Jair, Jair has in particular just been fantastic over the last couple of years. I like the Packers team building strategy a few years ago they threw a ton of resources at corner kevin king was the guy that came out of it like multiple years they went and they drafted two or three because forever later. kevin king's going to be tied to tj watt because they tj watt was on the board they didn't take yeah. him his pass rushing ability right. is is legendary now so he's always going to be that guy plus he was a wisconsin guy yeah right so they didn't take him right so now kevin king has to not only prove himself but has to take it to a whole nother level the thing is though if you if you could hit on a corner and even though it took king a little bit he had those incredible measurables and length and all that stuff they just took a bunch of uh, you know chances on corners from Jair, um, Josh Jackson, and all, but it's like you just in the NFL you need three guys that can cover, so you have to put a ton of resources at that position. So I like the way the Packers have done that over the last six or seven years, really, even with the Quentin Rollins of the world and stuff like that. Right. Just throw a ton of resources at that position because you really need three guys that can cover, and the Packers are, are getting there. That, you know, it's a, a good steps. One of the soft underbellies of this team was the middle linebacking, and I'm not specifically saying that Blake Martinez was bad because numerically tackles and such are good. It's quality of tackle. It's whether it's downfield, right. whether it's filling a hole, stopping a team. Um, so talk about the middle linebacking play of this team. Yeah, and Martinez didn't grade great for us. He's one of the weirder guys in our grading. Year That's year. what everybody has said. It's yeah. just, it's the same thing at Stanford too. He had one year where he was great in coverage. I don't know. Do you guys take SATs out here? Yes. I took the SAT. So the SATs, right? But you have the, your best verbal. You, you can take it five times, right? You have your best verbal and you have your best 
uh, math score and you combine it and you're great, I mean, that would be Martinez, right? He has one year where he's great in coverage and bad against the run, and then it flips the next year. If you could take his best seasons, he's an elite linebacker. So I think in our grading, um, we're never just giving credit for the tackle. It's are you shedding blocks? Are you making tackles in and around the line of scrimmage? Are you making plays on the ball in coverage? So Martinez just wasn't great this year, did rack up a bunch of tackles. I think the middle linebacker position for the Packers has been um, you know, one of those question marks year over year, much like the Giants. They haven't drafted a linebacker in forever. It's just that consistent question mark. Predictability-wise, are you able to look collegiately numerically and say, I believe this guy is going to be a good player when he hits the NFL? Now, injuries and such, yeah. obviously, they trump everything. But are you able to look, because if I'm sitting there right now and I'm the Green Bay Packers, I'm looking at the board going, okay, what guy is going to benefit me in the middle? They drafted Oren Burks. He's had some injuries. He's had some issues. So and Ty Summers is a very fast middle linebacker, but right. he couldn't even crack the field. Right. You know, he was all uh, training camp and all preseason, but he never even saw the field after that except for special teams. So my question is, can you? is there a predictability factor that you can say, this guy is going to be good when he gets to the NFL? Yeah, so one of the things we're really working on is separating all the different positions, what our college data means for each of them, and some positions are a lot easier than others. Unfortunately, linebacker is one of the more difficult ones. Because I believe that. Because it's yeah. so difficult to find one. It is. It's tough to know. Like, Luke Keekley, it's like, all right, I see. Scouts love him. Numbers love him. All right, that, that meshes pretty well. But, like, one of our biggest misses was Deion Jones of the Falcons. He didn't play that well at LSU. He was athletic, and he made some decent plays in coverage. We didn't know that he was going to become the best coverage linebacker in the NFL or, one, you know, top three. So, linebacker is really tough to predict. Safety is really tough to predict. So, I think the positions where it's, um, you know, volatile, so to speak, like a cornerback as well, you have to put a lot of resources there, and the trick at linebackers you don't want to you don't want to spend a ton of picks on linebackers. It's a less valuable position than some others, so it is a tricky position to, uh, to kind of fix through the Ta- draft. Talking with Steve Palazzolo from Pro Football Focus, their uh, senior analyst. So uh, the linebacker, it was funny because a few years back, uh, back when Elliot Wolf was still with the Packers, he had said we don't value the middle linebacker the way you do. We would see the hole. And we would see the issue. And, yep. and kind of he's saying the same thing, that it's while it's a position that you want to have, it's not valued the same as some of the other positions on the field. I think it's a bit of a luxury, too. I mean, if you have a Bobby Wagner, if you have Luke Keekley, Deion Jones, if you have a guy that can patrol the middle and make a ton of plays in coverage, I, th- I do think it's a luxury. It makes a defense much better. It also depends on your defensive play calls, too. If you're a man-heavy team, you just need a guy to kind of hang out, you know, hang around with a, with a running back. You know, don't necessarily get torched. If you're a zone team, you need a guy that, like a Keekly, that has great instincts, know, knows where he needs to be, doesn't give up big plays. So a lot of it's scheme-driven, too. But, yeah, we would agree that, yes, you want to build with your corners, your safeties. If those are your better coverage players, then the linebacker becomes more of a luxury, unless you have that elite talent that kind of changes game plans. want to ask you, I, I do have to ask some offense here, and, and obviously Devontae Adams, you would consider top awesome. five? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, he's in the top five to ten. I mean, it, receiver See, because at first I didn't – when Aaron Rodgers said he's a top three receiver in the league, I kind of went, whoa, that's his guy pimping his guy, you know, and I just didn't see it. And then at the end of this season, I started to really see it. I finally figured out what it is he was thinking about, you know. Yeah. Uh, but every time you'd watch a game, Devontae, no matter where it is, he's got man, and they always swung the safety in that direction. He was right. always going to have somebody over the top on top of him. And so it told me, okay, he, most people think he's elite. You know, most teams think he's elite. So how many other weapons does Aaron Rodgers genuinely need? So just like the Packers doubled up at corner, and I know they doubled up or tripled up at receiver a couple of years ago in the middle rounds, I'm, I'm going to a few different markets and saying this is the year to double up at wide receiver in this draft. Um, I think uh, Oakland slash Las Vegas, 
they need playmakers. The Patriots need playmakers, but they just drafted first-round receiver. I think the Packers could conceivably go receiver, receiver at some point in those you know first couple, first few rounds really, um, just to at least find one more. Because I think in today's NFL, you want to have different style receivers. Devontae, great route runner. You know he can get open. You like to have a contested catch guy. You need a yard, yards after the catch guy. I think the best offenses have a variety of styled playmakers. So you definitely need that compliment to Adams. I would take multiple stabs at it between there and perhaps free agency with A.J. Green, Amari Cooper if he's free. Give Aaron Rodgers the best weapons to throw to. Because I don't know how much that's being discussed up here. I do think Rodgers regressed a little bit. But I also think that situation with like an older Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis, yeah. there's just no speed there to go with Devontae. That, that's the next question: is how 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 good? What is the level of rise in Aaron Rodgers if indeed he gets those weapons back? You know what I yeah. mean? Oh, that's yeah, what yeah. you find out. I mean, did his ability regress? Which some say, well, he maybe slid a little bit, but most feel that his numbers didn't reflect his actual ability because of the weaponry that he had. Yeah, so I'm a big believer that, you know, so the ultimate goal is just have a productive passing offense, right? And the way you get there is mostly through the quarterback. So if you get great quarterback play, he'll elevate everyone else. But there's there's a Rodgers, there's Brady, there's Breeze, there's Peyton Manning, and now probably Patrick Mahomes. There's a few guys that could do that. And now you've got Rodgers older, Brady older, Peyton's retired. There's it's not a lot of guys that can do that. But then you have a guy like Dak Prescott, had a really productive year this year. I think he's a middle-tier type of quarterback that in any given year can put up huge numbers. I think even if Rodgers regresses and regressed a little bit this year, you can surround him with good players. And as long as he takes those open throws, that's the big question. You know, He's yeah. passing up some of the easy stuff. Take those open throws, and you can create another highly productive passing offense around Aaron Rodgers, even the way he's playing right now. Steve, great stuff, man. I appreciate you stopping by. Best of luck over at Pro Football Focus. That's where everybody can find you, profootballfocus.com. Yep. Correct? Yep. And, uh, and and just read the stuff, and especially this time of year, but I'm sure there's going to be the big influx coming in the beginning of the season next year as well. Appreciate it, pal. Yeah, thanks for having me. Now, you guys are doing, uh, real quick, you guys are doing gra- uh, draft? Uh, yeah, we cover the draft. Cover non-stop. the draft. That's so, what I thought. Okay. Yeah, we got thirty percent off our uh, product right now. PFF Edge and Elite thirty percent off with PFF thirty promo code. So. Awesome stuff. There you go. That's Steve Palazzolo. He is with Pro Football Focus. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.